let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for giving us another grace to celebrate the time of Advent in this beginning of the Christian year and Christian calendar. We pray that you will grant us the grace to daily appreciate the gift of your son who came as a lamb to cleanse and to sanctify the world and to as many people that are willing to embrace what he has done, we also experience the salvation. We ask, O Lord, that you will continue to renew our hope as we await his second coming so that it will not take us unaware. Rather, we shall be fully prepared and be gladly welcomed to your eternal kingdom. These and many other things we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Let me, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, welcome you again and to also thank the Lord who has given us grace to start another Christian year and Christian calendar. Anglican Church is such an organized church, not because I belong to it, but then you see that we go through a circle which starts from the time of Advent, and that takes us to Christmas, to Epiphany, and then we go through that circle again until we get to the longest season, which is Trinity. And then we finish all of that and start again in Advent. And so, before you know what is happening, we must have finished reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation by the way all these readings are arranged. Today is the second Sunday in Advent. And I can tell you that it is very exciting to come to this season again. It is a penitential season that prepares us for Christmas. And the word Advent is derived from the Latin word Adventus, which simply means coming. So when we get to the season of, of Advent, we are commemorating in a way the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in two ways. First, as a baby born in a manger. And secondly, we await his second coming. I repeat again, the time of Advent is a time to remember the coming of the Lord Jesus in two ways. First, as a baby born in a manger. And also, as the coming judge who is coming to avert the world. It is in this hope that we rejoice as Christians. In the Old Testament reading of today, and that is Isaiah chapter 11, you will see there what Isaiah says. And I will read from verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the storm of Jesse, and a branch from its roots shall bear fruit. 
Now Isaiah prophesied about the glorious picture of a new world governed by the branch. This branch is Jesus Christ. The Hebrew word Netzah, which means branch, is likely the root word from which the name Nazareth is derived. Jesus was called a Nazarene in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 23, which can either mean a man of Nazareth or a man from the root of Jesse, that is David's father, and will become ruler of a world restored to peace, righteousness, and goodness. And then the initial fulfillment of this prophecy of Isaiah came about 700 years later when Jesus Christ was born, while we await the second coming of Christ. And that's why many scholars have said that Isaiah remains one of the greatest prophets of old, because part of the prophecy that he proclaimed, part we are still waiting for the prophecies. Now, the, no part of it had been fulfilled, because he made it very clear, and we get there very soon, that Jesus Christ will be born, and truly Jesus was born. And then what we do also at this time is that we continue to wait for the second part of that prophecy, which is that Jesus is also coming back again. No wonder in the epistle read today, in Romans chapter 15, Apostle Paul again emphasized, he confirmed that same in that epistle. In Romans chapter 15, and I will read carefully verses uh, from verse 11. Oops. From verse 11, it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the people extort him. And, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. So we can see that Apostle Paul, many years after Isaiah had made that proclamation, again quoted, and that shows the confirmation of what Isaiah said. Clearly, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7, the prophecy about the birth of Christ, he prophesied rather, about the birth of Christ. And this is very common when we get to the time of Christmas, we again go into that reading in Isaiah chapter 9, but I'm going to read verse 7. He said, for, all, for to, unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of greatness, of his government and peace, there will be no end. If this prophecy came true, it means that the word of God is true. It gives us hope that Jesus will come again. If Isaiah had said that for unto us a child will be born, and then up to now, no child has been born. It means that the word of God is not true. But because he made that prophecy, and then it came true, it shows that the word of God is very true. 
And that gives us hope as Christians to put our confidence in God as we continue to wait earnestly for his second coming. No wonder the college of today affirmed this. And let's go to that college for today. The college for today says, Bless the Lord. Blessed Lord, rather. Who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning? You can see the confirmation there. Then he now asks us to pay attention to the word of God, even as we hold to the blessed hope of everlasting life. How do we pay attention to the word of God? In five ways. Look at that college again. In five ways. Number one, let's go. Grant on us. Grant unto us. Sorry. Grant us so, number one, to hear them. That means to hear the word of God. Number two, read the word of God. Number three, mark the word of God. Number four, learn the word of God. And number five, inwardly digest the word of God. So you can see the full package of it in that college affirming the efficacy of the word of God, that the word of God cannot be altered. All the prophecies that were given in the scriptures, most of them have been fulfilled, even while we await parts that are yet to be fulfilled, and the word of God is true. And then I can say you know, confidentially, therefore, that we as Christians, we have hope. We have hope. How do I know this? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, and I'm going to read, and I think this is from NIV. It says, Our brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who are falling asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who are falling asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. So you can see in this very place that we as Christians, we have hope. And our hope is telling us the fact that we are on a journey. If you are not a Christian, I will get there. There is no hope. But as many of us that we have met the Lord, we have hope that we are on a journey. Even if we die now, we have a place. 
in eternity with God. Those who have died before us, they are in that place in eternity with God. And that is the hope that we have as Christians. And that is why we are not consumed and we are not so much bothered you know, as other people bother because they do not have hope. Their entire hope is invested in the world. And when the world vanishes, that is all. But for us, our hope transcends this physical world. We know that if we die now, we have hope of eternal life. And I say that this hope that we have, we have hope, number one, that Jesus was born as predicted. And that is what I've shown to you. We have hope that Jesus is coming back again. We have hope that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And if you are in doubt of that, you can turn to John chapter 14 and you will read from verse 1. And he gives us that assurance that... Let not your heart be, 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 be sad. Just believe in me and believe in God. For I am going to prepare a place for you. And when I prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to that place that I prepared for you. And if it were not so, I would not have even told you. So we have hope that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And we have hope that all our struggles will come to an end one day and then we have rest, an eternal rest, with the Lord. And that is what other people do not have. And I hope, and I feel that if everybody in the world has this kind of hope, the world will be a better place. A hope can be renewed and kept in touch. When we do the following, and that is why the, 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 the gospel of today is very important. You cannot say you have hope if you have not repented. And that is why John the Baptist did not spare those who came to him. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He did not even mind the, the, their status, whether they were soldiers, whether they were tax collectors, whosoever they were. He told them the plain truth. For you to have hope of eternal life, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Who warned you, brook of vipers? And then so that is the beginning for us to renew our hope and to keep it intact. The starting point is repentance. That we have repented and we have met the Lord and we are walking with the Lord. And then we continue to endure. We continue to endure. If anybody tells you that as a Christian, everything will be fine. No, that's not true. We continue to endure. And that hope keeps us that one day, one day, I will see the Lord. So in all that you go through in the world, you continue to do what? To endure. And that is why Matthew chapter 24 and verse 13 says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. It's not somebody who becomes a Christian today and for one reason or the other, I say, I'm sorry, I don't know it's going to be so difficult like this, I cannot continue. No, you must endure to the point that you will endure to the end. Then we must not give up and we must continue to trust the Lord. When we do all of this, I can assure you that our hope we surely bring us to where Christ has gone to prepare for us. And there we shall remain with him in eternity. 
remember that during this time, we commemorate Jesus Christ coming in two forms. As a baby in the manger, and when he comes back again, not coming as a savior, but as a judge of the world. Shall we bow our heads? Father, we thank you for reminding us again that we have hope in you. And that is the hope of eternal life. And that even as we await your second coming, that we must continue to endure and to persevere so that nothing will take us away from this way that you have already put our feet. We ask, O oh Lord, for your grace from above that you will continue to strengthen us so that nothing will discourage us, nothing will banish us from this light, that we shall endure and endure to the very end. These and many other things we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>